radio on your stereo Don't compare us to anything, this a different scenario We break records while we pushing the culture forward Great music and big vibes right in that order Intellectually petty radio on the stereo Don't compare us to anything, this a different scenario We break records while we pushing the culture forward Great music and big vibes right in that order And you are now tuned into another episode of Intellectually Petty Radio. Brought to you by M3S3 Clothing. Men make moves and suckers stand still. And photos by Vin. And you already know, man. I only do legends around here. So if you get on the show, that's why. Um, and today is absolutely no exception. We got the queen in the building Manager, your favorite managers, favorite manager, strategist, extraordinary planner to the stars. Uh, Indigo Grant is in the building. How you doing, Queen? I appreciate you so much for that. That was an amazing introduction. Thank you for having me. Really? Yes, you're amazing. You're dope. You make an old man just oh, come on, but cry a little bit. Stop. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm you're not amazing. that dope because um, and if you are on YouTube, it is Indigo on here. I do apologize. I did not update the name of the show, so and apparently it's not allowing me to do that until after. Uh, so I do apologize to anybody that is tuned in. Um, although party is dope and one of her artists, um, I clearly it's not party at four. <laughs> so I'm sorry again. Party for a day. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so how's life? How's your family? Amazing. Um, I have three little children and they are the apples to my eyes. <laughs> Man, kids are the best, aren't they? They are. They How are. old? Uh, five, six, and nine. My son actually, Mason, he's my oldest. He turned nine over this weekend. So we've been celebrating all weekend long. I'm actually still recovering. It was like place after place, party after party. I'm just like, I just want to go home. <laughs> what's a, what's, a, what's a, a party like for your kids? I mean, like you throw parties for other people and get paid for it. So are you like doing like, the, you got Spider-Man, the, the, the Wonder Twins, everybody flying in. Like, How does that go? The characters are definitely pulling up at every celebration that we have. Um, but this year was very different. He wanted to do um, I Fly. We went to Sugar Factory. We did uh, this trampoline park. We did, oh, this was super dope. It's actually a Harry Potter exhibit downtown Atlanta. Uh-huh. Oh, my gosh. I felt like I was a kid again. Like, they literally bring the props from the movies and the, the Harry Potter movies and the entire series, by the way, and they put it in this like 50,000 square foot like building and you just walk through it and you do like different interactive games. And it was amazing. It was amazing. Yo, that is really dope. Yeah. All right. So what did you do before you started managing? I was working in corporate America. So um, I was doing operations management for Target. Um, e-commerce for Walmart and Amazon. Wow, you left Target. Target corporate at that. Not never the store corporate. Yeah. Oh, goodness, man, Target is a goal for most people. Uh, what made you decide to switch? Honestly speaking, that was where I got anxiety from. I was working from a really, really race. I was working with a really racist director, oh. and. Um, you know what it is like you over apply yourself to these jobs and it exhausts you mentally, physically, emotionally. And it was just like working 12 to 13 hour shifts, driving two hours each way, never seeing my kids and mentally like broke me down. And then like, for me, like I'm big on appreciation. So if I don't feel appreciated, like I have no drive for what I'm doing. So it's just like, oh, I'm just here every day. And it's just like, literally just started to suck the life out of me. And I was just like, yeah, I got to do something else. So I took a, a mental leave of absence and I said, I'm going to start a company. And I didn't think that 
as a party promoter, then an artist manager, then an actual full-blown agency, I would be here. But it's amazing what can happen in three years. It's amazing. Wait a minute. You've done all this in three years? Mm-hmm. Yep. I have. God. Yeah. Like, like, so did you know what you were doing when you started? Nope. I knew about marketing. <laughs> I knew about marketing. Like I literally have helped artists since the moment I came into the industry. I had no idea what the terminology was. I didn't know anything about contracts. There was no one there like laying out a red carpet, like in the go, I'm here to help you. Like, so it was just like a lot of it was like me maneuvering and just figuring it out. And I remember having a conversation with my friend Woe one day and he was just like, you're smart. You're great at what you do, but you don't know music. And I was just like, he's right. Like, so I just like really dedicated time to like really being a sponge and never stop learning. And um, kind of just making sure that I listened to the people who were ahead of me and not beside me, if that makes sense. Okay. So what's the best advice somebody gave you? The best advice someone gave me is do not take anything personal. I feel like as a woman, you're not. huh? I take shit personally sometimes. A lot of times, but as a woman, naturally, like I'm super emotional. So, like, I work with artists, and I love the artists. I, I grow to love the artists that I work with. So, mm-hmm. their problems become my problems. Their lives become my lives. Like, I become like a mom to my clients, and it's just mm-hmm. like there's a gray area in that, right? Like because it's great and you can over deliver on what you need to deliver on. But when the lights go out, you exhaust yourself. So sometimes, you know, you might have a difficult client where you're like, Hey, post on TikTok." They're like, no, you're like, okay. So now (laughs) you're like fighting wolves. And it's just like, listen, this is your career. And I remember in the beginning, I used to be so down all the time, just trying to, win and I wanted to win so bad I just did anything and it was just mm-hmm. like wait let me pull back let me scale back and then once I started doing things that made more sense it was just like all right I got this like God is gonna bring me the clients that see me as a valuable person and as a valuable source and that's what happened like it just I don't know God <laughs> so so who are you managing now Whew, too many people I literally have the VP, and I probably shouldn't say this. It's another VP of another major label in marketing um, on my phone because typically this is my process. Mm-hmm. I either get brought in for one or two things. Like, so I'm either getting brought in when the artist is at its peak and they can't come over. Like, meaning if the artist is charting and stuff in the US mm-hmm. and then trends are not trending towards global, that's when I get brought in. Okay. Or when an artist can't like they haven't grown develop development wise so then i get brought in to develop them so a lot of times more times than not my management contracts would be more like um a year year and a half two years um but then it's different things i get brought on for too so project management marketing and then actual day-to-day it's very rare i accept the day-to-day client so if i accept the day-to-day client i really like you (laughs) so how many day-to-day clients do you have now I'm at 80 now. 80. Yeah, I'm at 80. Do you have like clients that are, for lack of a better term, jealous of other clients? Thousand percent all the time. I think that sometimes what happens is, is like once a client is comfortable having you around and they're comfortable with you, they don't want you to leave. And that's kind of where I like end up getting myself in trouble. I'm still a mom. Got to go home at some point. Like I remember one time I was doing damage control for TI. Man, we was in the studio for like nine hours. I'm like, I just want to go home. He went, let me leave. He's like, no. People love your energy at the end of the day. So it was just one of those kind of situations. That's got to be a full-time fucking job. Is it? Is it? Yeah. Yeah. I even like TI. Yeah. I like T.I. too. Sometimes he acts as though he hasn't been famous for decades. I think that learning and knowing him at one of his darkest times of his life, um, personally, like having him on my phone every day personally, Mm -hmm. um, I think oftentimes he is misunderstood. A lot of the context of what he means to say. Mm -hmm. He may put his foot in his mouth 
more times than not. But overall, he's a good person. He's a great person. I think that um, that's where the teams are forced to step up at, right? Like, Mm -hmm. if we know that T.I. is saying something dumb, it's because, or anything wrong, it's because his team failed. Like, even though he's kind of hard to control, you know what I mean? Like, he is a little hard to control. I think that when a manager gains respect and trust from their clients, Mm -hmm. this client listens to this manager all the time. Doesn't matter who, what, when, where. They're going to listen to that manager all the time. And I think that when you don't have that control and trust from, I'm going to stop saying client, I'm going to say artist. We don't have that that trust from an artist. That's why you end up in situations like this. I think that um, T.I. is just, you know, he might be tired. You know, like imagine what it feels like being in the game all these years and not really getting your flowers. You know what I mean? Like BET celebrates people relatively late. You know, like a lot of platforms celebrate us late. So it's just one of those things where I understand. I understand. I empathize with him. And he's been through a lot. Definitely been through a lot. I, I, I think that if you're in it for the flowers, you're in the wrong game. You know? That's a good, yeah. I get, I get it. You know, you kind of want to be recognized, but when I first started podcasting, I've been doing this for years now. Um, Omar McIntyre told me, don't look at your numbers. And I'm a hyper competitive individual and man, for years I'm looking at my numbers oh my god I'm horrible I'm tragic we ain't doing this we ain't doing that it I didn't really start enjoying it until I listened to him it's kind of the same thing with T.I. And, and other people you know like the right. flowers are gonna come whether you see them or not right you got millions of people that bought your albums if that's not a flower you know, I, I, I don't know what he is. Um, let me ask you this. Okay, so like Rich the Kid contacts you out the blue. I won't say out the blue, just hypothetically speaking. Out the blue, I want you to do my 30th birthday party, and you got a whole day. Why do you say yes, and how do you accomplish that? Oh, Rich. Rich is like my baby. <laughs> like baby, <laughs> literally child. Um <laughs> He's a year younger, and Rich is like, I don't know. Like, we have formed a personal relationship where, like, I actually, like, we've been on the phone three o'clock in the morning talking about nothing. Um, and then there's been times where, you know, he just needed to vent and he, he con- consoles me. But mm-hmm. I think that because of that dedication to the clients, I have no choice. I don't, I don't have time to go bundle up in a, in a corner and fold because they're coming to me because they need it done. So when it comes to Rich's party in 24 hours, who it's going to be a headache. And of course there's going to be some tax added, but it gets pulled off every time because the resources and the relationships, there's people literally waiting for me to call and to need them. So it, it's actually a great thing being able to turn things over within that short amount of time. And I can do it for anybody. It's just literally more me, less them. Mm -hmm. Puff Daddy calls you. You got him in 24 hours? thousand percent I got Puff in 24 hours. (laughs) You know Puff. I had to deliver flowers for Puff one time, and it was very interesting. (laughs) Very interesting. You know, and the interesting part is, you know, as you kind of move up, you get into different rooms and stuff. I'm starting to realize that a little bit. Not like you, um, yeah. but like it, it it prevents you from saying certain type of shit. Is it difficult to do interviews for yourself? I think that if I'm under NDA, yes. Um, mm-hmm. More times than not, no, though, no. I just oh. like I'm a strong believer in like standing in my truth and being myself. And people are gonna either love me or hate me for it. It is what it is. Who hates you? No one. I don't think so. Not out loud. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, what do you? Who are you working on for the fourth quarter of this year and going into the first quarter of next year? What you got Ooh. going? Honestly, I am actually launching my sports agency. So there's a specific client I can't talk about publicly yet because it's on the NDA. But mm-hmm. um, I am about to hit the sports world so hard like so hard 
within these next two weeks that I'm really excited about it. I just started a partnership with um, Andre Drummond and TikTok. Um, it's the first deal of its kind to ever exist. Um, more times than not, you see athletes say, I want to be a rapper. You see rappers say, I want to be an athlete. Both worlds can coexist. Mm -hmm. It's like, who is that outlet that bridges that together? Where's that bridge? And then here comes me. Here I am, right? And I funnel through that. And I, I bridge those relationships and that gap. And I make it work. Because like I said, they're two different industries, but they can coexist. You know, and I'm sure you get people begging you for shit all the time. So let me get my two cents in. Um, I'll gladly interview anybody that you want to throw at me. You know, I'm not that bad. Uh, yeah. I think you're amazing. And this is amazing. <laughs> Yo, stop saying that. You must say I'm that a lot. The truth. I'm telling you the truth. I, trust me, I wouldn't say it if it wasn't true. I wouldn't. You I wouldn't get paid yet. to cheerlead your clients. I do. No? Not every time. No. Not every time. No. Sometimes, yeah. Sometimes it's not about the money. Sometimes it's about the relationship. I get to pick and choose for sure. Yo, I interviewed Lenny Cook. I don't know, maybe a month or two ago. Uh -huh. Um, he used to be the number one basketball player in the country, and. Mm -hmm didn't make it to the NBA. And what struck me, he had a little documentary, I won't say a little documentary, he had a documentary done. Phenomenal piece of work. Um, what struck me in the documentary is that not one person told him no. Not his mama, not the lady that he ended up wanting to stay with, nobody. And he said the only person that told him no was Jim Jones, the rapper. What is it like being that person to tell your clients no? Leave it to a New Yorker, right? Um, sometimes <laughs> if I'm telling you no something wrong. No, but you know what's funny is, is it's like, for real, like you develop this like personal, like you become, I had a client say to me one time, because I, I do leaks and stuff. They're like, mm -hmm. how we know we can trust you? And I'm like, bro, I do all your stuff. Like I do, I know your darkest secrets. You know what I'm saying? And I hold those dear to me. Um, I think that when they trust you that much, it's like, it makes it easier to say no. It's just like, we have a relationship there, but I'm not going to lie. If it's like a new client, mm -hmm. I think I would have a hard time. Like, oh, hold on. How am going to say this? Or, oh, ooh, am I going to lose them if I say no? Um, but then I've learned to not care. Like these past like six months for me have been about like me and doing mm -hmm. what makes sense. And and feels right and and feels impactful and if it doesn't, I just say no. It is what it is. Okay, since since this is in the news, Kanye calls you up and wants you to 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 fix this shit. What are the first three things you do? Well, first things first. Hey, hey, what's up? It's my Gemini brother, right? Like, <laughs> no, I've always been a big fan of Yay. Um, I've met him before. Um, I personally would. I'm sorry, but I, is he what we see on TV? No. Okay, my bad. I, I mean, interrupt. Go ahead. No, you're good. I, I don't. I don't believe so. But I think that when it comes to a Gemini, to a Gemini, we tend to understand our our kind a little more, like easier. We can relate. Mm -hmm. I think he's super passionate. I think that. Media has a way of building a narrative that incentivizes its platform. So let's just say, hypothetically speaking, TMZ is looking for something that is clickbait. They're going to take a minute interview and take the most viral moment out of that minute yes. and then use it as a caption. Fact. So I think that because people don't read today, so easy to misperceive like someone into being something that they're not and I think that for me I would feel frustrated I would have given so much and you guys do me like that like look at the Adidas thing where they're saying we're gonna sell the sneakers we're, we're cutting ties but we're selling the sneakers and the designs without his name on it say what uh, he should have seen that coming yeah yeah of course he's 40 percent of Adidas net profits of course he's seen it coming. But yes. what's more what's more genius? What's a more genius way to get out of your contracts? He said it, he told us what was gonna happen, and everything he said was gonna happen happened. That he did. 
That so if did. Ye called, if mm-hmm. Ye called me, I'm bringing him home. I'm bringing him home. I'm, I'm having him on all black platforms. He needs to. He needs to get in touch with his black side now. Somebody needs to cook for him. The problem Somebody with that, to- I would say, the problem with that is that black people don't trust him. I trust Ye. Do you trust Ye? No. You don't trust Ye. Why you don't trust Ye? Let's talk about it. I don't trust. Well. He he comes off as a, a user. He's black now because white folks kicked his ass to the curb. It's as simple as that, you know. Um, and if and when they decide you've you've gotten enough, come on back home, or we need to make more money off of you, come on back home. Whatever the case is. He'll 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 tuck his tail and go back. Now, I'm not saying that that's that's gonna happen, right? But I think that that's a that's a fair fear. I agree. I think your perspective is a, a valid one. Um, it's an interesting one, actually. I've never looked at it like that. I definitely think that if we look at it from a way, and we're all right. So, like, let's like compare. Jay-Z, for example, right? Mm-hmm. Like, how many of his execs at Rock Nation are black? Probably not that many. Okay. So now let's think of somebody else that's successful. So let's say Diddy. How many of the people that are around him are black? I probably would say less than Jay-Z's. So how many successful black men know to lean on our people i get where you're going with that again this would be a kanye's ego problem Ooh, that too because instead of putting those black people out there to defend him he doesn't and say like diddy diddy's probably i I would just let's say diddy's got 90 percent white people working for him he's smart enough put that sister out in front yeah that's true that i will say that i will say yes i agree you know and and jigga is michael jordan of hip-hop he has reached a point where he has and then they have leaked i don't i'll I'll put quotes on it i'm Mm -hmm. thinking they have leaked enough stories or put out enough stories whatever the case may be about what him and Beyonce have done for the community to overcome any pushback for what he isn't doing. I think it's interesting though, because to me being behind the scenes, I'm not going to pay attention to the things that are being shown. Like that looks good to somebody that's not in the industry and knows how this works. We know it's not, it's not a coincidence that the stuff is being put out there, right? Like, mm-hmm. but at the same time, I'm gonna pay more attention to what is happening behind the scenes, and it seems like it's nothing. Like the NFL thing with Kaepernick, we still have no. Where is our solution? What happened? We we have nothing, right? Like, there is never no like if if blacks fought as hard as the Jews fought. And and stood up for what they believe in, we would be a force. We would be would running. Be Look at how many black athletes are standing behind Kyrie right now. Cricket. It's like, so, and they really want, especially when they put out, when they put out the "you have to do this shit" list. Yeah, and it's a lot of niggas upset about that. Yeah, but they're not so upset that they want to risk their basket, so to speak. But let me ask you a question. Let's just hypothetically say mm-hmm. African American athletes for the NBA are sixty percent. Sixty percent of the NBA is black men. Mm-hmm. Do you think that the NBA wouldn't have a choice but to back down if all the black athletes stuck together? No, they wouldn't. And it's been done before. Yeah. You know, but the the NBA was way more proactive with this when they learned from the Donald Sterling situation. 
and they put certain niggas out in front to say this nigga's horrible. Yeah. You know, I seen Jalen Rose, who I am the biggest fan of. I'm from Detroit. Think that the shit that he's done for the community there, his school is phenomenal. He should have stayed the fuck away from this this uh Kyrie shit. And I seen him do a post on Instagram today and trying to, you know, because he was like people questioning my blackness. Bruh, some things like Epstein, I'll give you an example. Epstein did the most horrible shit that you could possibly do. Did you see a bunch of Jewish people on TV criticizing this man? No. You know what they did? They said nothing. They let they let public opinion and the courts deal with that nigga, and we're gonna act like that nigga never existed. Sometimes black folks get too excited to talk about other black folks. The irony is I'm doing that now. However, some things we need to just shut the fuck up and let shit play out. Move behind the scenes and leave it alone. But Jalen Rose lost a shitload of black support over the last couple of days. Yeah. And it's unfortunate because I think he's a really genuine dude. But his premise was if I see somebody doing wrong, I'm going to point it out. That's your problem. Yeah. That's a behind the scenes thing. That's a, that's a, I'm going to hit you on a sidebar and not tear down my black brother in public. Like LeBron, for example. LeBron shocked me. <laughs> LeBron didn't have a choice. How? Because he is the NBA at this moment in time. I mean, if you get in those media rooms, right? You have LeBron definitely has a publicist. They know those questions before they're walking in. You know, we've I, never heard any dirt on LeBron. They do a great job, see? That's because they hide his dirt. Yeah. They're fully aware of what this nigga's done. Mm-hmm. It's not a soul alive just walking around with a clean ass closet. Yep. I don't know what LeBron has done in his life. I just know it's clear that he's not re- willing to risk. And what is he doing with his billion dollars? Will his billion dollars help 10,000 black kids? Like yeah. some people, you know, I, I kind of get. I wish you'd stay away from just don't say anything. But I don't think in his case that was optional. I think they came to him and said, yeah, bro, this is what you're going to say. <laughs> I think so too. I'm just, you know, you have the choice to choose, though. I still think you can, like, I'm refusing to comment. So, like, even how he kind of like tried to clean it up today on Twitter, and it's just like it's not that personal coming from you on Twitter. When in person, you've allowed this interview to sit for a few days, you've gotten your ass chewed for it, and now you want to say, "Oh, I'm backpedaling." Huh? No, it's not cool. They didn't anticipate the black folks was going to rally behind Kyrie like we have. <laughs> Kyrie didn't say anything. All he yeah. did was share a pose with no context. The, I mean, we really like when they when they kicked Kanye out the bank. <laughs> that was crazy. The bank, a billionaire. Never happened. I'm 15 years old. That shit ain't. I don't even remotely remember hearing shit like. That. I don't niggas didn't bounce checks all up and down the street. Right. You ain't never get kicked out no bank. <laughs> and we That's, don't want your money, bro. Yeah. And we didn't say nothing. Yeah. Because Kanye's crazy. Yeah. And I'm sorry. All right. Um. The Rucker All-Star Game at Rucker Park. And shout out to Nate. That's my guy right there. Yeah. Um, how did you come come into doing something with Tracy Morgan? Um, well, Sean at Sean and Gus are my family. So Gus is actually my godfather, and Sean is his son. You know, Sean and Gus are like the new Bob of the park. You know, Bob mm-hmm. McMullen passed away. Mm-hmm. Um, so they brought me in back in 2019 for a Nipsey Hustle game. Um, completely allowed me to control my own day and the feedback from it was amazing. So coming back this year was kind of, it was in the plans. It was written since post COVID. Um, and then it was just like, Hey, do you want to be a part of adding your own juice to Tracy Morgan? We want to do Tracy Morgan and bone collector. So I like kind of spiced it up and just 
made it into something bigger and it was amazing. It's always a pleasure working with them. Um, being able to put together the teams, being able to bring out the celebrities is always a pleasure. Um, like I said, those guys are my family. So super easy. Me and Bone are actually working on some things now. Tell, tell Bone Collector, hit me up. Yo, what do I need to do to get you to manage my show? Let me know. Stop <laughs> Let me know. I've had a couple of people reaching out to me lately about this like the podcast world and things like that. You know what it is? Is it's a lot easier when you yourself have a platform and you yourself have clients. It's nothing to throw the ads in the background on the YouTube and everything like that to get the content to go. As long as it's a viral moment in the conversation, yes. it'll go. And because yes. I create viral moments, it's a benefit for you. It's a benefit for me. Everybody eats. And see that, <laughs> you know what? I think that's that's been a uh, to my detriment. I refuse, like I've had people come on the show and say shit that was salacious. Yeah. And because they felt comfortable talking to me. I don't think maybe they, maybe they didn't realize that. But whatever, when I, when I re-listen to it, I go back, I'm looking for clips. And I'm like, if I put this out there, it may have an adverse effect on that person. I'd rather miss that moment for myself Mm-hmm. So that I won't be part of a downfall for somebody else. For sure. A thousand percent. It comes at a price though. <laughs> for me. I think, I think that it's a balance of both. Um, you ask very interesting questions. So at the end of the day, like with the right client and the right questions, even if they're comfortable, um, of course, letting them know that they should know that this is going to be shared publicly, right? Like, I am aware this is going to be shared publicly. So, obviously, don't say things that you don't want shared publicly. Um, how do you know that in this day and age, though? Like, how the fuck can you get interviewed by anybody in this forum? It's not like I'm coming over to your house with a notepad. Yeah. You're, well, you're being filmed. You see me. How do you, like, what What do I need to tell you to not say dumb shit in that, in that instance? Well, pretty much how you said it before we kind of started. This is going on YouTube. This is, and then me also being familiar with the platform. So people need to do their homework and know that anything that lives on YouTube lives on social media. So at any point in time, I want to Google and put da, 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 whatever, whatever Indigo Grant interview with, it's going to come up. Yeah. Especially if the keywords are written on a YouTube video the right way. It's going to come up. So people just got to pay attention to what lives on social media and what they allow to live on social media. Well, what was the last time you called a client and said, take that down? Yesterday. Take <laughs> <laughs> it down now. Oh. I'm, constantly, I'm constantly on gossip of the city, taking down stuff, taking down stuff for clients. And it's so funny because I actually had a very humbling experience. Like it was about a month ago. Um, mm-hmm. around the time when I did the Dream Doll event here in Atlanta, and I called Shay Roman to take something down, and he told me no. And I was just like, I felt so like betrayed. I'm like, but wait, hold on. I give you guys leaks. I give so much of my platform to you, and you don't want to take it down for me. And I was just like, this is a humble pill, humble pill. Shay Room gonna say no to me. How do you decide, like, when you when you decide you want to leak something? Yeah. What is your motive, and how do you decide what, what to leak? Oh, well, technically to be client, you know, approved and stuff like that. So I'm not just, like, leaking people's personal business or nothing like that. Right. But let's say, for example, when um, Moneybag Yo bought Ari the Lamborghini, I leaked that to Shea Room. Um, but it was given to me from, you know, their team. And um, I just leak it. I, I present it in a way where it comes out pretty much similar to Beyonce and Jay-Z's leaks. <laughs> yeah, but so what was the benefit of leaking that he bought her a Lamborghini? Oh, well, it helped their pitch for a TV show. You see, the TV show lives now. <laughs> oh, That was oh. happening back then. So they Yo. were shocked. They were shopping for a show at the time. And the thing is, is viral moments allows whatever contract that you have pending to increase. So let's say, for example, if I'm an artist and I'm in the middle of a bidding war with labels, my contract will go up based off of the viral moment. People live off moments. 
because it's a it's actually a great indicator for business that you know what you're doing actually like it it means good it, it, it's great it's a great thing um but sometimes people get caught up and lost in it too because if i can create viral moments you can't tell what's real what's fake anymore like i'm that good at my job who's the best at creating viral moments i am <laughs> beside besides you just out in in the atmosphere chris jenner, chris jenner. Chris Jenner, unmatchable. She's unmatchable. Nothing she does outside of when Ray J explode, exploited them or whatever. Nothing she does tracks back to her. And I Although, think that I think Ray J was an anticipated situation, just took longer than they thought. Yeah, that too. That too. But nothing she does kicks back on her. I don't know if you realize it or not. Nothing. Kids um, for everything. Yeah, she's good at what she does, though. That's she's like a ridiculous. force. Yeah, I'll tell force. you somebody else. Uh, Whack one hundred is is pretty good. Academics is actually good too. I like act. I've taken a like to act. I <laughs> I don't want to be part of a moment. Um. He is effective for academics. Yeah. I am one of those people that, and I'm on the downside of life. So maybe I've, I've you know, I've, I'd like to think I've earned some wisdom. And bringing your people down, it's just never a good look. I think academics, when it gets to be my age, will have a lot of regrets. And a lot of empty space around him. Well, where do you think he brings people down? How? I think his quest for viral moments is so aggressive. So, you know, it usurps everything else in his life. Like, that's the type of cat that would use his mama for a viral mm. moments. Mm. Huh. That's the That's actually the hard part Of what bloggers do Some people have told me and suggested Like I should start a blog And I'm actually considering We should talk after this Because maybe if I start the blog mm-hmm. If I'm on the back You could be on the front And you could be the face of it But um, I feel like this is what comes with the job I don't think that the goal is never to bring people down I think that I think that in this industry, um, it's very easy to get lost in your purpose. I think that I think that it's possible for you to get bullied. I think that um, social media ruins good people. I think this industry ruins good people. Um, I feel like on his defense, because I've seen it with other bloggers anyway, no mm-hmm. one ever likes the people that have to be the bad people. No one ever likes it. Like, it's like me, for instance, right? Like, if my client is being lied about from someone else, mm-hmm. I have to now dig up dirt on that other person. That doesn't make me a bad person. I'm doing my job. Well, and then therein lies the rub. So you don't have to dig up dirt on that other person. Uh-huh. What you can do is dig up things to... Prove that your client didn't do X, Y, and Z. Or you can get rid of your client because there's they're a fucking moron. Some, some, you know, maybe they have crossed the boundary of morality for you. Mm-hmm. Like, would you R. Kelly gets out tomorrow? Would you take him on as a client? Thousand percent no. But you would take you you would it, it, and I'm just devil's advocate. Mm-hmm. A nigga that you know, like I interviewed the real Rick Ross before. Mm-hmm. This nigga spent what did he tell me three point I want to say six million dollars. I could be off a a, a decimal or whatever, but mm-hmm. on drugs at one time. Whoa. Mm-hmm. At one time, you know how much cocaine that is, and how many lives were destroyed by that. 
We overlook that shit. Matter of fact, we don't just overlook it. We glorify it. Oh, that nigga was balling. I myself glorified it because I interviewed the man. I was interested. I'm a hypocrite, just like the rest of the planet. Just varying degrees. But at what point is it like I'm I'm just selfish and just want to get on for myself? See, that's the whole thing. I'm not there. I'm not there where I'm just saying things like I don't I don't have any clients that are engaging in anything illegally or anything like that. I I personally am doing I'm in a point in my career where I'm doing what's right, no matter what. And I'm around the people that are doing what's right, no matter what. Um, I'm praying God to bring the clients for it that I, I need and I deserve. A little bit of weed. I'm not worried about the weed. Smoky weed, whatever the case may be. Nobody cares about that. But like the coke crack, <laughs> da, 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 I stay away from that shit. Like, <laughs> I stay away from that stuff. Um, it's just one of those things where I feel like, like you said, um, you definitely have to draw. It's a, it's a black or white. Like, you either going to be for it or you not. And I think that I've never... I'm not a judgmental person, but I know what I need to stay away from. And it's just certain things I'm just like, that don't make sense to me. So like doing something with the real Rick, well, that wouldn't make sense to me. I'd be like, mm, yeah, no. Like there's been people on my phone, hey, I got 50,000. It doesn't make sense for me. And if it doesn't make sense for me, it doesn't make sense for me. Not just that. Like I have children who have to listen to what you're saying because I'm in the studio with you. I'm doing this. I'm, I'm, I'm actually promoting you in my household. Mm. And it has to make sense. I remember when I had to do the digital marketing for WAP, Cardi B, and Megan Thee Stallion. When I tell you, like, I stayed away from my daughter, because this Atlantic, they just offer checks that you can't say no to. Like, it's just like, damn. You know, it's one of those, damn. All right, no problem, whatever. Um, And I just made sure that I kept my child away from it. But then it was crazy because... I did all that. I charted that record for about two, three weeks. And the damn song was trending on TikTok. My daughter has TikTok. So she still knows the song. So it's like, how the hell you know that song? TikTok. You know? <laughs> you I, I don't I don't think at this point, well, really could we ever protect our kids? I don't think so. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think I don't think so either. I think we teach them, we be honest with them. So that they can really go through life. We don't need to shield them from anything. Like I'm not that kind of parent. I'm not shielding you from nothing. I'm telling you what it is. I'm gonna shield you from some shit. Okay. Yeah. Like, like, and it's not even shielding you. It's it's trying to keep it away from you until you are mature enough to make a decision on your own. So what do you do when Disney, okay, a thousand percent some shielding because, right, when Disney had did the Buzz Lightyear shit, right, Mm -hmm. I'm definitely not going to the goddamn movies to see it with two gay guys kissing. I'm not doing it. We're not doing that. I don't have an issue with the LGBT community. However, I want my kids as kids to be able to go through life as kids right now. They're, they're, They're kids. They're not thinking about the grown shit yet. Yeah. So like, I'm, I'm not going to let my kids, my grandkids go to a movie and see a dude and six broads in the bed. That's because the alphabets will come after us and say, oh, well, no, it's not got nothing to do with just being two dudes. It's just certain levels of fuckery, regardless right. of who exactly. you love. Exactly. So same thing. Okay. Exactly. Oh, you saved me there. See, you saved me. <laughs> <laughs> I tried. <laughs> Um, I think that right now with the power that social media has and the fact that even on TikTok, you don't even need to log in anymore. TikTok and Trilly, you don't have to have a, a profile for. And it's a scary thing because it's like, you don't know what they're going to see. YouTube is another one. My kids were mm-hmm. on there the day. They were watching something. I don't know what it was. Boy, you effing brains. I'm like, what the hell is that? What you watching? And it was hidden behind a Pokemon video. So. Wow. It just. I'm glad I'm not in the raising kids business anymore. (laughs) I really am. Uh, (laughs) Well, it's a gift and a curse like everything else. Um, The kids now have way more access to a hustle. 
yeah. legally. Yeah. But some of the hustles that they got that illegal are so morally just reprehensible. It's, you know, I don't want to look up, and I'm not into OnlyFans, but I want to look up and one of my grandkids got an OnlyFans. Yeah, but if we oh. keep if we keep seeing it on socials, what are they gonna do? What's OnlyFans? Oh, oh God! Okay, what's Dream Doll like? She's amazing. She's actually a very, very, very sweet girl. Very sweet. What do um, you do for her? I feel like I'm everything between her and Amber. Amber's dreams manager. Um, I felt like everything, multiple hats, marketing, um, PR, um, project management. Like it just really depends what I need to do that day. How many followers on Instagram did she have when you met? Ooh, dream is at like 2 million followers, 1.5, 1.5 or 2 million followers. So she was already doing good. Not as an artist, as an influencer. Yes. Mm. Okay. Because I remember having a conversation with one of my friends who's like a senior vice president of a label. And he said to me, no one knows Dream Doll for being a rapper. We know her as being an influencer, being with Tay, being with Ari. And I was just like, I'm going to change that. And I did. He did that. Like what? Okay, let me ask you this. Mm-hmm. Client comes to you. What are your first three questions of them? Are you going to listen? What are your insights? And what does the six the next six months look like for you? Okay, so what do the next six months look like for you? Well, the next six months for me, I plan to continue stepping into community events. Um, the sports agency, I plan to like tap into all fifty states in some type of capacity through colleges. Um, through community outreach events. So give back, more charitable work, um, more events with like homeless people, shelters and things like that. Because my my passion is is actually children and homeless people, older people rather than two. Um, and I just want to help. I want to be more of service. So this next six months looks like me stepping into that. Doesn't necessarily mean that I don't do it now. I want to do it more. I want to do it more consistently. Um, and then of course my sports agency. Yo, I have got okay. This is begging set session number two, but I've got the perfect thing for you for an HBCU tour. We'll talk about that. Yeah, let's do it. Let's do it. Yeah. I've done HBCU one time before um, with this promoter from Atlanta. Actually, it didn't go too well. How, Not how, do you, how do you deal with that when they when the promoters like you do a tour? So wait, 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 let me back up. Are you? Arranging tours also. Not at this time, no. I have previously. Did you? Why, why did you stop? COVID. Okay, so it wasn't nothing somebody did. It was just the, the, the world. COVID. Okay, okay, we back to normal now. What you waiting on? Well, you know what it was is is like the industry relies on me for digital. Like my strength, like mm-hmm. my like. My guru, my my trophy is digital. Anything digital, I I'm, I've mastered. So across any platform, analytics, numbers, market, digital marketing is like my thing. And I think that I've learned that you know if I step into like everything, it doesn't le- it doesn't leave a lot of room for competition and stuff like that to come in. So I'm big on collaboration. So I was on the phone today with a girl and I said to her, Hey, I don't do this strong enough. Mm-hmm. How about a lab and let's get money together. Cause that's what I'm for. So okay. when it comes to touring and stuff like that, I wouldn't mind, but I just feel like the touring business as a whole is so janky right now. Cause we got all these janky ass promoters that is just like, I don't know. You know what I mean? Like something to benefit my clients, a thousand percent I'm with it. But something to just put together, I got to think about it. But with you, I'm for it a thousand percent. <laughs> Let's do it. <laughs> you don't stop this. And, and I know that given all of that, there have that, that in your mind, as we've been going through this interview, these conversa- this conversation, you've picked out already identified certain moments that you personally would say, hey, put this out. Sure yeah. or not. 
thousand percent. So you're gonna tell me? You know, I don't need you to tell me now, but I'm I'm horrible at that shit. I'll text it to you, but I'm really good at it. Like I'm dealing with a sports anchor now, and I'm I'm coaching him with how to do it. Like it's like it's everything is timing and knowing how to build a moment off of mm-hmm. a moment. Like mm-hmm. it's strategy. That's it. Strategy. Yeah, I'm getting a. I'll say I won't say I'm horrible at it. I'm not good at it. I used to be really horrible. I'm getting a little bit better at tapping into okay, it, within my moral compass. Mm-hmm. You know, so I'm getting a little bit better at okay. Um, you know what? If they mention a particular name, you know what? Use that because then I can tag that person in, in it too. That's true. You know, um, so certain little things like I listen to Brother Ben X a lot. Um and, and actually he's a really cool dude. Mm-hmm. Um, but I watch I've been watching some of the influencers and I listen, especially like with interviews. I, I try to try to listen to a lot of interviewers. And Donnie Simpson for me is probably like, oh my god, that dude is so dope. Who's who's the best at what you do for you? Mm, that's a good question. I don't know. I haven't figured that part out yet. Let me know. I haven't I haven't figured that part out yet because it's just like it's so hard. It it has been so hard for me to like really, really, really open up and allow someone to even piggyback to learn the way that everything that I know. It's hard. Why? And I yet to meet someone that does. Why is it been so hard? You know what it is, is because this industry is weird. Like people come around you with intentions for themselves. And I'm such a pure person. Like I'm big on like putting people in position and helping them. But I'm like, again, once I feel like there's a little bit of me picking up that you don't appreciate me or you do something, file a little bit, I'm cool off you. I'm just like, yeah, no, I'm cool. Thousand percent. I'm cool. And then once I'm cool, I can never get hot again. It's like, Uh no. Oh. Yes, I thoroughly understand. Um, yeah. How your kids? Mm-hmm. And I and I ask a lot of people this. Eh, most mostly everybody. Your 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 and, and not your kids. Your, your your legacy per se. When it's all said and done, what, what do you want your legacy to read like? Hmm. You know, it's crazy. This is God, because I was just meditating yesterday and I was saying that how I have to start living and, and working towards my purpose. So I'm 30 mm-hmm. years old now and mm-hmm. I feel like I'm not necessarily there just yet. Like I want to continue being a great mom. I want to continue being a happy mom in the best way that I know how. But then, of course, in doing that, that's un learning everything that I've learned and healing past trauma and all these things from like childhood and things like that. And just literally being the best version of myself, but I Mm. haven't even gotten there yet. I can't even say that I'm thinking 10 years ahead right now. I'm not, I'm just like day by day, day by day, day by day. And like now I'm relieving some pressure. You doing shit that you tell your clients not to do. I know. I know. I know. It's crazy. But you have to think about it like when you are being strong for 80 plus people every day and then you're being strong for yourself. Like I don't it's eight o'clock. Right. And when we get off this this interview, I have to get on probably like four more calls for tonight. I may not get to bed till like two, three o'clock in the morning. Then tomorrow Mm -hmm. morning, I have to wake up at eight o'clock in the morning. Hopefully nobody wakes me up at seven. Maybe I'm might be on four calls by 10 a.m. You know what I'm saying? Like, so it's just like mentally is how I think I keep everything balanced out. But Mm -hmm. I know that right now, that's why I'm scaling back. I'm releasing some clients for sure. Um, And I'm prioritizing me. So the next six months, as you said, definitely healing. Because I'm always thinking about everybody else around me first. Because it allows me to control that narrative. Not that I necessarily need to control personal things, but... Being able, to, being able to control business allows me to kind of relax more on a personal level. So now it's just balancing it out. I won't say it allows you to relax more on a personal level. It, it allows you to hide more shit. 
Hmm. Interesting perspective. We probably got to talk more offline. Hey, let me know. And the way that, you know, like I say, like I've been, I've, I've been here for five decades. Mm-hmm. So I've learned how to, how to deal with shit and I've learned how to read shit. And oftentimes everybody gets a scale. I'll put it to you that way. And when we tip the scale too far on one side, it's because something on the other side is out of so out of balance. We're trying to adjust for it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And when you when you put so much pressure on weight, it's because personally I'm not happy. Mm-hmm. And instead of ad- addressing that unhappiness and and resolving that, I can hide behind these successes over here. Mm-hmm. But those don't yeah. go away. And that was why when I had did the hair care show panel, mm-hmm. um. That was only a glimpse of what I was talking about, but I was actually talking about the fact that I actually still battle anxiety. I still battle depression. Um, it's definitely not perfect. It's definitely not perfect. And I'm not going to sit up and act like it's all peaches and it's not. Um, I smile a lot because God has given me a lot. You know what I'm saying? Like I have every reason and more to be and feel blessed. But it's just one of those things sometimes where I'm human like everybody else. You know what I'm saying? Like I go through stuff. I just Absolutely. carry it a little better. But it get heavy. The baggage is uh, my shoulder. <laughs> but it's just one of those things where, like, even now, like, these past three days, I've been, like, sitting with myself, like, mm-hmm. meditating again and prioritizing me. Like, and that's sometimes shutting the world out. And I'm a I'm an empath, so, like, your problems are my problems. Like, I want to help, 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 and save, 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 save. But that... It drains you. Oh my god, so fucking irritating. And like for whatever reason, like think I've always attracted people's problems. I don't even like people that fucking much. But I can't help us. But does it mentally drain you? Absolutely. Yeah, you have to take care of you. You have to take care of you. And the, the problem is taking care of you is wrapped up in taking care of them. No, I don't it, think so. As an I empath, think, I think it is. I think that that's society standards. I think mentally you will never find that you're healthy until you set those healthy boundaries. I think that I used to get caught up and saving and helping other people to where I was okay with myself drowning. I mm. can't of I can't be this this great mom if I'm saving everybody around me and that's not what God is calling me to do now if it's something that God is calling me to do it's not gonna drain me it's not it's just not it's gonna feel okay it's gonna be all right it's gonna be healthy but if it's something that's draining me and oh I'm exhausted and I'm oh gosh it's not it's not what I'm supposed to do and it's not purposeful you may be right on that one you may be right um, on that note, our hour's about done. I felt fit. I felt uh-huh. like the, the shrink or something. <laughs> we gonna go treat after this. <laughs> please, you know what? Like, like, like for real, for real. You got my number. I do. Um, I'm definitely insane. If, is there anything that you want to say to people before you leave? This is an amazing interview. I appreciate you so much. And I'm definitely going to help you here with this platform. And save this because a year, two years from now, when we're doing the big stuff and all this good stuff, we're going to remember this interview. November 10th at 8 o'clock, Eastern Standard Time. We're going to remember this. All right. I'm going to hold your ass to this, too. I'm going to send you this shit from time to time. You said this shit. Anyway. uh... It has been a complete honor and a privilege to be in your realm. You are dope. Um, and if nobody else has told you today, I'm proud of you. Oh, I'm proud of you too. We do need to we need to say that more. We need to say that more. I support uh-huh. you. I love you. I, I appreciate what you're doing. Thank you for sharing your platform with me. I try to say that every day, and every day I post a picture. Actually, I post several pictures 
And I say, I love you. If nobody else has told you today, mm-hmm. literally been saying that for years mm-hmm. and posting pictures for years. So yeah, I get it. You know, I understand. We all need to hear that. We all need to, everybody needs a cheerleader. I'm willing to be that cheerleader for the people that ain't got one. We do. Me too. Out loud, private, whatever y'all want. <laughs> Absolutely. On that note, um, thank you. Shout out to your kids for loaning you to me for an hour. Definitely appreciate that. Um, and I'm wishing you all the greatness that the world has to offer. Thank you so much. I appreciate you. No doubt. I'm we'll talk out. soon. I'm sure you're gonna call me tonight, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> we'll call you in about 15 minutes. So all right. That's, cool. that's cool. That's I got at 8:30, but you got time. You got time. We got 30 minutes. All right. All right. Bye. Peace. Bye.